Hi, welcome to a brand new edition of the Current Account Podcast. We're back again with a very interesting topic. It's a discussion on the retail loans. And joining us in this discussion is Shubhashri Narayan of Crystal Ratings. She is the Director of Financial Services Sector at Crystal Ratings. Now, Subhashree is of the feeling that possibly we are reaching a point where having a little amount of caution on, or rather exercising a little amount of caution on the retail segment of bank loans may not be a bad idea. Now, why is Subhashree suggesting so? But is this a sign of warning as well? Let's listen into more. First of all, thank you so much for uh, uh, accepting to talk about a topic which usually is painted with a very in, in a very beautiful shade, um, and we're here to talk about it from a slightly different perspective. So, thank you for joining in from that. Uh, firstly, um, why would you believe that you know now is a time for lenders, for the ecosystem as such, to get a little cautious on the retail uh, lending space? Sure. I think thanks, Samsini, I think for that. And I think uh, maybe just a couple of, uh, you know, quick points to set really the context for what we've been seeing from a retail mm. perspective in mm. terms of the last, you know, two, three years or even going back to about uh, five years. Mm. And I think there are some interesting trends, you know, that we've really been seeing. Mm. I think firstly, and I'll just break this up into a few parts. I think firstly, if I look at it, the share of retail itself, mm. I think in the overall portfolio of banks, uh, we've seen that retail credit growth has really outpaced the growth of the overall banking sector and therefore as a result we've seen that the share of retail in the overall banking sector advances has been continuously increasing. So not even 2-3 years, say I go back about 5 years, what is about 23% uh, you know maybe about 5 years ago, supports of about 30% now. Yes. Secondly, I think if I really look at the composition of the retail credit itself, I mean traditionally we've seen that home loans is really the largest segment within retail. Uh, that is still the case. Yes. But what we've also seen is that, you know, as uh, you know, other segments have grown faster, the share of home loans has actually started coming down. So mm-hmm. what was maybe about 53% of overall retail advances about, uh, uh, you know, three years ago is probably under, we've seen it just come under about 50%. Yes. And I think along with that, what's been happening is as, uh, you know, unsecured loans as credit card segment, etc. Mm-hmm. has grown faster, mm-hmm. the share of that in the overall, uh, mm-hmm. you know, retail banking space and retail lending space has really gone up. Uh, and I think one of the things that uh, probably, you know, people are looking at and, you know, looking and seeing what is there really in the retail segment is, I think, the fact that it has grown probably faster mm-hmm. than the rest of mm-hmm. the banking sector advances mm-hmm. and the share of that has really been uh, increasing. Mm-hmm. Now, I think having said that, and, you know, I think since you talked about the entire caution around the retail banking part, etc., mm-hmm. I think what I'd also probably just, you know, highlight and I think the important point to notice that if I really look at it from an asset quality perspective. Yes. Right. I think mm. you've seen that the quality, asset quality of the retail portfolio has held up even through the pandemic. Yes. Uh, fundamentally, I think one reason for that is the fact that obviously home loans are about, you know, 50% of the portfolio. Mm. And here, mm. if you see banks really cater to, uh, you know, more of the salaried class, mm. slightly more mm. sort of better credit profile mm. kind of customers mm. there. Mm. Uh, we did see through the pandemic, I think, some pockets of stress from the retail, uh, from the uh, personal loan credit card segment. Mm. Uh, but there, I think, also supported by write-offs, yes. uh, you know, your reported metrics have kind of remained, mm. you know, mm. relatively under control. Mm. And therefore, if I look at probably the retail NPAs today, mm. uh, they're about 1.4% compared to about, you know, 2% what you saw in uh, mm. probably like March 18 and about 1.8% mm. in March 22. Mm. I think that's, but of course, you know, having said that, 
you know it is growing at a healthy pace and i think it is important to also watch out for the asset quality trajectory i think watch out for what you're seeing from a collection efficiency perspective especially in the context of what we have today on probably you know higher interest rate mm. regime compared to recent years mm. you know maybe slightly more elevated inflation mm. so we've seen you know obviously some sort of uh, moderation in that as well mm. and i think it is important to kind of monitor that but at the same time maybe just uh, you know a few points to put this entire discussion around you know retail in perspective i think firstly and you know fundamentally as we were just saying a large part of the portfolio is really still remains home loans mm. slightly better profile uh, customers mm-hmm. secondly i think while the share of unsecured has gone up and you know we've seen the data it's gone up to over about 25% of uh, retail loans mm. compared to maybe mm. about just under 23% a couple mm. of years ago uh, a large part of this for banks if you see is really some element of cross sell Yes. and therefore you know to that extent some kind of credit testing is also already been done with the mm-hmm. bank in you know some manner mm-hmm. uh, that's really the second part but i think the third part and this is really the key structural difference that we have between what we saw in 2008-10 you know when we saw mm-hmm. the elevated mm-hmm. nps in the unsecured mm-hmm. segment credit and, card specifically yeah and mm-hmm. probably you know what we have mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. Uh, is really i think the increasing importance and i would say the increasing credit awareness mm-hmm. you know among customers about the entire impact of what the individual credit bureau scores really Right, right and therefore what that means is in terms of i think as a deterrent from a willingness to pay perspective it's a very significant shift from what we saw sure, at that point sure, in time right sure. uh and i think finally and i'll just touch on this i think also increasing role i mean of data analytics that's been happening mm. and that's allowing them to do a lot more you know targeted uh, mm. you know sort of underwriting targeted mm. monitoring mm. collections i think mm. every step of the way you know so in that sense what we would say is that probably it's important to remain uh, mm. you know watchful of what that's happening but mm. Again, I think retail NPS have remained fairly, you mm-hmm. know, range bound. Mm-hmm. And uh, banks also often say that from a granularity perspective, these are very small ticket loans yeah. compared to what a mid-market uh, corporate loan would be, mm-hmm. and therefore the risk of default is also much lower. The segment could be facing threat yeah. as such. For instance, the personal yeah. loan space. But the probability of recoveries from that is much higher compared to that of a SME MSME, and that is also somewhere feeding into the bullishness. but do you yeah. believe that you know this kind of an extrapolation can go on for a long time so let me just i think you made an interesting point in terms of obviously the granularity of the portfolio and that is absolutely true because i think uh, that is one of the benefits mm. from a retail perspective and that it gives mm. you a lot more granularity mm. in your portfolio mm. even compared to what you mm. uh, see in your mid market and also allows you to do a little bit more say action from a portfolio perspective mm. and take mm. some of those calls from portfolio mm. moves move swiftly in that sense mm. uh, one interesting trend of course i think we have been seeing in the data is mm-hmm. that you know across segments we've kind of been seeing the ticket sizes go up a little bit mm-hmm. i think obviously the reason is different for each segment you know for instance if i look at vehicle probably it's the customer preference you know shifting more towards the uv suv mm. kind of we seen mm. some increase in ticket size there i think probably on the credit card side i think an increasing sort of shift towards greater digitization mm. of financial transactions mm. so this ticket sizes are kind of going up you know sort mm. of little by little but it's very incremental mm. so i think yes in that sense that from a going ahead perspective as well i think we're seeing some of these trends continue mm-hmm. uh, i think if you kind of look at it uh, uh, you know even in say the near term and we should sort of divide this into probably the near term and what we see maybe a longer term kind of perspective mm-hmm. 
I would say, you know, in the near term, I think we're expecting retail growth to remain, you know, fairly healthy. I think if you, what is the number that you would put to it as a range? Yeah, yeah, we would say approximately around 17 to 20%, 17 to 90% mm. is probably what we look at maybe for this uh, fiscal. Mm. I think some segments you may see growth come off from the levels of what you'll see in fiscal 23. Like? For instance, you know, like a vehicle because, you know, it grew upwards of 30% given on the back of some pent up demand that mm. was there, right, mm. the previous year. Mm. So there you may kind of see some moderation, but other segments should kind of, you know, grow at a fairly healthy pace. Mm. I mean, of course, at this point, we've not factored in any kind of, you know, sort of regulatory disincentive that may come in, you know, in the form of risk weight changes, mm. etc. Mm. I mean, if that were to happen, yes, I mean, you could see some impact, you know, from there. But Do you get a sense that that is in the works? So honestly, uh, I would say I think your guess is as good as ours. I think it's really what we've kind of, you know, been seeing and, you know, we've kind of been hearing more informally from banks and I think they've also been kind of uh, uh, engaging and, you know, getting that kind of a sense. So, I mean, it's impossible to predict for us, but I mean, it's something that we've been hearing about and Mm. therefore just wanted to highlight that it's not something that we probably factored into Mm. our estimates. I think in terms of maybe the other trends that we've been seeing as we were talking about in terms of maybe some movements in ticket sizes and so on, that should continue. Uh, from a longer term perspective, I think, uh, you know, two parts to it, and I think the question that usually uh, comes up around this thing, you know, this growth in retail, is it really more of a tactical play, is it more of a structural play, how do you mm-hmm. see this kind of moving, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I would say there really, you know, two parts to it. Uh, I think, you know, fundamentally, obviously, the fact that you've had uh, banks facing asset quality challenges really mm-hmm. in the corporate mm-hmm. segment. Mm-hmm. Corporate credit demand itself was muted as corporates were deleveraging. The fact that you were seeing very fine pricing for some of the highly corporate, uh, highly rated corporates, mm. I think that meant that banks automatically shifted focus to retail, and mm. we've seen that in the mm. growth numbers. Mm. And the do you believe that the whole thing has played out uh, uh, fully, or there's still space for it to play out? Because I'm asking this question because largely banks are also getting a little mindful of the fact that doing too much of retail is also higher cost. Mm. It's uh, there is cost at uh, uh, marketing end, there is cost at collection end, there is cost at market. Uh, monitoring end as well a um, hundred crore and above loan the cost can be more controlled versus a 10,000 20,000 or even a 3 lakh kind of a personal loan so do you believe that we've completely exhausted the the, the cushion that we have or there's still more uh, space to play in that I would say the drivers may be a little different probably you know mm-hmm. here on compared to maybe what it's been which is really very sort of uh, away from corporate and towards uh, uh, retail kind of driven. I think we are expecting to see some pickup in the corporate credit uh, cycle, you know, with some pickup in CapEx. So that may not be the fundamental reason, but I think there are also some structural shifts uh, that are really there, which are sort of pushing, uh, you know, retail growth maybe over the longer term. And, you know, fundamentally one from a home loan perspective, I think it is a long term play. I think that is well recognized. Mm -hmm. But I think just also a couple of other shifts that we're seeing is, I think one, if you look at it, uh, is really the greater sort of, you know, uh, digitization of financial transactions. And mm. that is what is really playing out and is likely to play out in terms mm. of what we see from a credit card growth perspective. I mean, that's led to a significant increase mm. there. Uh, the other one is really, I would say, a shift uh, or say a formalization, you know, of some of the smaller uh, smaller mm. borrowers mm. that you're seeing, as well as probably a little bit of greater comfort with borrowing for discretionary spending. And I think these trends mm. are probably mm. driving... What you're seeing is some growth in unsecured personal loans. I mean, definitely there would have been an element of probably necessity in terms of, you know, during the pandemic Mm. and post the pandemic, Mm. which would have driven, uh, you know, the rise in unsecured loans. Mm. But the fact that it's sustained means that there's also more to it and it's more of a structural shift. These are two elements that we're Mm. seeing, which will probably from a longer term perspective and a structural perspective also 
continue to drive retail growth even if you see you know pick up in corporate uh, so it's not just a tactical shift according to you. yeah i think i would say there are elements of both now we come to the credit uh, the caution part of it hmm. you know where would you think that you're seeing signs of uh, hmm. heating up you're seeing signs which is uh, calling out for uh, you know this much growth or this kind of growth is unsustainable yeah Uh, so maybe I'll just put it a little differently. Probably what we would say is that if we look at the current trends in the asset quality of banks in the retail segment, mm. Uh, mm. I think there's nothing that's really flagging off very significant causes of concern. Mm. But at the same time, I think what we would say that uh, you know when it comes to lending in any fast-growing segment, be it retail or be it anything else, They're right? Really. It's very important for banks to be sort of. uh on top of things and you know to pay close attention to you know credit appraisal pay close attention to risk monitoring mm-hmm. uh, to ensure that you don't have you know an increase in slippages mm-hmm. and you know as we were saying earlier also i think this is especially important in the current environment in what terms of what you're seeing from an interest rate and uh, inflation mm-hmm. perspective because mm-hmm. this will have a differential impact on different segments based on their own you know on different customer profiles based on their own leverage based on their own cash flows mm-hmm. and so on mm-hmm. and i think what is also important to track is probably any structural shifts that we may be seeing in terms of uh, say shifts in you know customer profile shifts in customer segments shifts in you know geography and so on If i think just elaborate a little yeah, so maybe just yeah so just as an example uh, for instance i think when we look at the data for banks i think one of the shifts that we're seeing is really uh, the rising share of rural and semi urban segments in unsecured personal loans I think when we talk to bank of banks about it I think the sense we get from them is that I think while you know these geographies may really be growing mm-hmm. uh, their customer profiles or the parameters that they use for customer mm-hmm. selection may not be very different in these sectors mm-hmm. therefore you may not see an impact from a risk parameter perspective mm-hmm. Mm. but still i think the way we look at it it's it's still a shift that's happening and therefore maybe it's important to monitor it on an ongoing basis and see if it has any impact if at all because on vulnerable to different kinds of risk versus what they yes, potentially used to metros and urbans potentially yes but mm. again as i said you know since bank saying that customer profile that they using the selection parameters that they using remains would they buy it would you buy the argument so i think it's something for the data to show Okay, and uh, probably that is why I think we also feel that it's good to just monitor because it's a shift that's happening mm-hmm. and see how it kind of. Because very often out. from uh, uh, people who are uh, specialists in the MFI space, what what I hear as feedback is, rural urban in Nandheri is easier to handle than an urban urban, let's say somewhere in Vasai or maybe out of uh, a Bombay circles entirely. So the, while the person's uh, profile may be very similar mm-hmm. the dynamics are a little different dynamics uh, you know can be different and which is why i think what we are also saying is that it's good to kind of see how this plays mm-hmm. out it may have an impact may not have an impact but i think where you wherever you see some sort of a shift is just good to monitor it and see how it really moves on and therefore i think these are the kind of things we believe it's useful to just you know track and i think from a retail segment if you're really looking at it on a portfolio basis you know mm-hmm. i think track those early morning indicators Uh, I think track some of these shifts that we are seeing, and you know, sort of manage it very proactively. And with retail, you are able to shift strategies fairly easily, especially given the fact that there is now so much data, so much data analytics. I think that banks are working with. Mm. Uh, that's something that's you know probably. Which are the segments uh, which would be top of the list when it comes to tracking or monitoring from your perspective? So I think I would say I think within retail it would have to be the unsecured segments. I think right. that is something that it is top of mind. I think and probably rightly so, but. again we are monitoring it 
but it's also i think again we're deriving comfort from the fact that you know a lot of this is cross sell a lot of this is you know data driven and all of that and as i was talking about you know in the structural shifts from the past but yes these are segments as they grow it is important to monitor even on an unsecured loan now the npl levels at the at a gross is much lower than what it used to be at on a 10 year yes. average absolutely Mm-hmm. we're seeing that and i think this is also because of some of partly maybe of course driven by some element of write offs in the last couple of years but mm-hmm. also i think there are structural differences we were saying between say that 10 years ago we sure. now what about the gold loan segment because that's one space where banks got dispensation during covid uh, and they had a better feel to play compared to nbfcs mm-hmm. and hence we've seen a lot of banks use that bandwidth uh gold loans have become a very important portfolio what used to be a mainstay of just one or two banks is something which is becoming very aspirational for across all banks um yet nbfcs are relevant there because their tat is very yeah. uh, quick compared to that of banks so how do you see this particular segment within retail play out and and we're also hearing about how uh, some of the borrowers are looking at it to fund their sme msme businesses on the face of it it may look good but then your when your deployment changes color your uh, realization and your collection will also change uh, in terms of uh, how you approach it so how do you how do you look at gold loan from that perspective yeah i think from a gold loan perspective you're right in that i think it is a very attractive uh, segment and i think we've seen more and more banks kind of really uh, focusing on it and trying to expand portfolios there obviously having said that it's not or necessarily a very easy play given the kind of operational intensity that's mm-hmm. involved and i think probably that's the reason why we've had gold loan nbfcs especially the ones that set up shop you know much earlier be so successful in this uh so i think whereas banks have been expanding in this space mm-hmm. i think beyond a point uh, i would say probably for banks it is one product among many so it may not become as large or as big while all banks are kind of trying to do mm-hmm. it some banks probably more successfully than others it may not become as large a segment for all banks across and i think some banks will probably do it better than others given the kind of operations mm-hmm. around it yes i think you're right probably in terms of uh, you know saying that maybe the deployment is better uh, is maybe more towards the sme kind of segment whereas i think from a security perspective you're kind of looking at it as a gold loan and therefore you may approach it a little differently i think with gold i think what is very critical is i think the operational part of it and i think mm-hmm. how you monitor and mm-hmm. i think at what point you decide that you want to auction off uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know and sort of recover your money i think Because that is where the there is a growth we see on newspapers almost on an every day Uh, about the list of auctions it's it yeah. runs through an entire yeah. page so both are running quite parallelly yeah i think that that is the discipline that is needed in gold loan saying that mm. yes you know at this point is when i'm going to auction and you know recover my money you see the uh, you see the uh, regulator stepping in to sort of once again bring back that level playing field here we were talking about risk weights sometime mm. back um there is disparity as far as that is concerned do you see that getting bridged honestly i think very difficult to predict what the regulator might do right Right. So unsecured is where you you would look at from a caution perspective. What about two wheelers, cars, uh, vehicle loans? Because again, vehicle loans is tipping to a high NPA kind hmm. of a number. It's getting masked largely because of growth, underlying growth. But again, we are seeing a raise, especially some of the large NBFCs are kicking towards five and six percent NPAs. Hmm. So how would you look at the space? And also considering that much of the pent up demand is probably drying up. Hmm. Sure. So I think in terms of I think the vehicle loan space, I think uh, maybe just to distinguish what we have as a CV car vis-a-vis probably a two-wheeler. Mm-hmm. I think when we look at our entire credit spectrum, I think two-wheeler is sort of more towards the unsecured, unsecured. side of when we kind of yes. look at it, right? And mm-hmm. I think even from a delinquency perspective, typically we've seen a fairly large rate in two-wheeler, and you know delinquencies can be 
uh, mm. you know in that sense much higher and that's how it kind of it operates it's also priced probably for that level of mm. delinquency mm. and i think uh, that remains mm. i think from an auto perspective if i look at the segment that uh, car perspective and i look at the segment probably that banks are catering to again i think a little bit more on the higher end a little bit more of the salaried segment and i think that portfolio is performing quite well for banks quite well. cv mm. is uh, is cyclical in nature you know as you said i mean there will be periods of slightly lower nps and as you see the cycle kind of turning you will uh, kind of move up but again it is uh, you know it's a segment that's so linked intrinsically to economic activity so i think as you seeing some economic activity kind of pick up i think the cv segment will also see uh, you know that linked to a performance perspective so i think that's where it's at in probably these kind of segments mm. cards how how's your how's your take on cards right now um we've seen very controlled delinquencies on the card space for a while and uh, if i can also add to it if you were to juxtapose the numbers that you're reading from sibyl and uh, equifax um as far as consumer behavior is concerned how would you look at you know the borrower trend from a retail npa uh, perspective i haven't actually had a chance to look at uh, the civil data or equifax data from whatever strength perspective but i think again from a credit card perspective i would probably say you know with given probably the lack of like data at my end but uh, more to say that obviously from a credit card perspective i think we are seeing credit card balances going up and that is you know sort of structurally a function as we were discussing earlier of uh, you know of the financialization of and digitization of some of these transactions and uh, i would say possibly that it is a segment you know like we were discussing for the other non secure segment something that we will remain watchful for i think it is a structural trend that is uh, mm-hmm. happening and i think we will remain watchful of that segment is probably what we can say so home loans is the uh, uh, ultimate point of comfort for you home loans does give comfort i think it is a secure segment the kind of uh, you know borrower classes that banks are lending to uh, is a relatively better kind of credit profile so it does give comfort perfect on that point if we were to wrap up would you believe that possibly fi 24 banks they they know the stock of assets uh, which could be under stress you uh, and and their npas are too good to be true it's never been this this way in the last 10 years as an average uh, would 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 you recommend that you know uh, possibly we see banks use this uh, good period to, to strengthen their balance sheet provide a little more on retail how would you how would you look that treatment sort of play out for the fiscal yeah so specifically i think we have to just look at banking sector and since you specifically use the word i think strength of uh, probably the balance sheet Uh, i would say that banking sector overall if you look at it today is probably from a balance sheet perspective it's been you know well, the longest yeah that mm-hmm. we've seen in the last few years right i, I mean mm-hmm. whether you look at asset quality it's mm-hmm. been at a decade low for 3.9% and mm-hmm. i think we're expecting that to continue as well i think you know given mm-hmm. the leading indicators mm-hmm. that we have uh, i think from a nim perspective like you said it's a decade sort of mm-hmm. higher at uh, mm-hmm. that level and we're expecting that to continue mm-hmm. even in mm-hmm. this fiscal because i think while we do mm-hmm. expect Uh, nims to come off i think credit cost should offset that and from an roi perspective you're expecting mm. to remain at that 1.1% i think even uh, capital and i think you know one of the metrics you know we do tend to look at especially for public sector banks uh, is uh, probably what they have as a regulatory cushion over the tier uh-huh. one requirement right yes. and i think uh, you know we we track this year on year and i think probably when we looked at it 5 years ago i think only about a quarter of public sector banks mm. had a cushion of 100 bips over the regulatory minimum mm. uh, whereas today it's 100% Oh you know all public sector banks have that 100 bips cushion and private sector banks have been strongly capitalized so what but public mm-hmm. sector banks also we've seen significant improvements mm-hmm. so i think from a balance sheet strength perspective from a provisioning perspective i think banks are you know already i think mm-hmm. in a good place right now mm-hmm. so there's nothing incremental nothing specific that uh, yeah 
we're probably expecting in this fiscal. Another good year, but cautiously good. Thank you so much. Signing off on this edition is Hamsini Kartik, your host for this podcast. We join very soon with another very interesting topic as well, and this one could be with the results season just about starting, a roundup of how banks have fared in Q1. Stay tuned in.